Blog Talk Radio. featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! (laughs) What a way to go! I know, right? I've seen oh a lot of goodness. memes the last couple of days that are like, okay, the first six days started out good, and then the seventh day all the wheels fell off the bus or something like that. But, you know, it started off nice and calm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Isn't it, it, it? Well, here's the thing. I figure that what we just have been witnessing, A, I guess I just had a client this morning who I talked to, and, you know, out of that came a, another sidebar of conversation. You know, if I'm going to say anything about the overall process of what we've been seeing, not only in the four years, but in the first six, seven days of January, I would tell you we are warp driving through the energies and experiences of all of the older countries in Europe and Asia. And mm-hmm. it's almost like we've hyper-warp drive through all the idiots and all the things and all the dynamics. And, the, and we've hit the one that in all instances has been, you know, uh, how do I want to put this? The, 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 the epitome of what happens with a, quote, collapse of something. And I just sat there and I went, you know, because somebody said something to me is, uh, you know, about, Trump's behavior is very much like how um, Hitler's was at the end of the war and uh, Mm -hmm. the things were going on. And somebody mentioned that, and I went, holy shit. And that began to put me into line with this other thing. So, I mean, just the hypothesis that came out of, you know, all of what's happening, but it it does remind me that we are a young country. Yeah, right. America is. Not North American continent, but anyway, yeah. And it's been, you know... I I don't know. I I read the 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 paper. I read the things, and I kind of look at it and go, okay. Um, 
stay with where things are focused and all that. I mean, obviously, we have COVID. We have all this stuff, so which is, you know, interesting unto itself to see what's happening even there. Yeah. But yeah. It's, a, it's a new year that, in essence, if I look at, you know, I guess they were taught, somebody was just mentioning there's another trine. There's there's several trines this year of powerful planets. Like yeah, Saturn, there's all Jupiter, kinds of and, crazy stuff going on. I know, I know. And I kind of look at that as, you know, when I see trines, it's not, um, I think of like, dimensions portals so i guess there's mm-hmm. like energies coming in and i know we all know about astrology and that concept of you know what that energy does but it seems bigger much yeah. bigger so yeah. yeah yeah how is the christmas holidays and and christmas uh season for you know milk and honey and all i didn't get a chance to do anything but send you happy merry christmas and a happy new year stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it's um Everything's been going really well. Knock on all of the wood in the world. Um, it's funny. I'm just taking down like our, our house's winter holiday decorations today. Like I just took all the ornaments off the tree. It's looking very sad and wilted <laughs> at the moment. Um, the cat really likes drinking the tree's water. He's going to be so sad when the tree is not in the house anymore. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, it was very cool quiet and mellow in my world besides you know the winter holiday season at the shop is the is the busiest time of the year for me and I often get overwhelmed and overloaded with um life during that time it's just there's a a lot a lot more human interaction that is required of me and that that drains me I'm such an introvert uh so I definitely the week after Christmas I definitely felt knocked down a little bit um and it was you know me and my partner and my daughter have been quarantined together we're our own little germ pod um since march we're, we don't really go anywhere we don't we've seen other family members but only outside with masks on and for a limited amount of time so you know it was kind of weird but nice you know so i insisted that the three of us have a party on new year's <laughs> eve so we made some cocktails and my daughter did my makeup and I, um, you know, I, I wore real clothes and not just like sweats or yoga <laughs> pants uh, and we played games and, you know, hung out and, and so it was a good time. It was just, it was just a mellow time, you know, so that's basically yeah, it's regular life, just a little bit more mellow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. how how was your your time? You traveled and braved the the plains and that kind of shenanigans. How are you doing? Well, that was an interesting. I always I I have never gotten anyone to take a picture of me, but I will have to remember next time I do travel if I am doing it through the airport and we still have what's going on. But I mean, I look like I'm wearing a black hazmat suit, so of course I. <laughs> I, I only I. I mean, come on, I'm a witch. I gotta wear black. It can't be yellow or orange or white or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I put my hair up in a ponytail and I kind of keep it all up. And I put long pants on and I usually wear um, bare paws, you know, long bootsy things and long sleeves and turtleneck and you know, kind of a, a hoodie on. And I put over my head, and then I wear the, the mask and the, the face shield. And actually, a friend yeah. of mine 
gave me a really neat one that is it fits over your glasses or your nose and it, it hangs there. It's 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 not the one that goes across your head with a foam piece, which is what I have traveled with um earlier in the year when I went in July. Yeah. And Double gloves, double plastic gloves on my hands. So I kind of walk in and do my thing. It was San Francisco, and it really looks very, you know, I mean, and I'm not the, I have to say, I thought I would look weird, but I look around at everybody else, and they're all, especially San Francisco, everybody is is like doing almost the same thing. They may have bandanas yeah. or, you know, different things, but they all have the face shields, and they all have, you know, their, their you know, like, long sleeve and I'm sitting here going, well, at least I don't feel like I'm really out of character here. But, um, <laughs> That's good. That's actually good yeah, to hear. That was, that was nice to know. But uh, San Francisco airport was not as crowded, which, you know, for a holiday, obviously that is a unusual experience, but for what we're mm-hmm. going through, it is not an unusual experience. And they were actually really, it was really easy. You know, I mean, I, I give my little thing and they, they actually took my temperature at the at the check-in, and I'm going, okay, mm. fine. I took my temperature this morning. I knew I was, you know, I was normal. Okay, you take my temperature, and then you go to the TSA, which, hi, okay, take off your hoodie, take off your shoes. I almost said take off your pants. Um, <laughs> pull all your jewelry out, throw it around the side, you know, take all of the. And so, of course, I have five buckets with all my stuff. <laughs> You know, and you just sit there. You're and that my, guy my, at the airport. <laughs> I am that person at the airport. I, you know, my tablet comes out. My little mini laptop comes out. Oh, they want you to take your food out now. So if you carry food, I carry my plastic baggie of food. It comes out. All of my hand sanitizers have to come out because they have to test them. They want to make sure that they're not, you know, at least San Francisco did. I have to say that when I went back, X and A, which is Northwest Arkansas, didn't do that. I mean, they did have me do all the other stuff. Um, I carry a bag of jewelry in a, in a you know, a little uh, makeup bag, and of course, I have to take that out and flatten it so they can see the jewelry as it goes through the X-ray. Because more times than not, they have to take it out and unzip it and rummage through and then zip it up because you know they want to know that nothing is dangerous. And then they throw you through the thing, and of course I'm really good at this now. I go, oh, okay, get my feet here. You want my hands up? Okay, don't breathe. And then they take it, and of course, then they want to pat you down where your bracelets and stuff are. And I'm like, fine, whatever. You know, it was just, mm-hmm. but it it actually went a lot faster than I expected it to go, really, because oh, which was nice. And then I truck on down to my gate and just sit there and wait. And then, of course, we got on. And the funny part was is that when I get on, of course, this one was a jumbo. It had three seats on every on either side and then six seats in the center. Oh, like, wow. I know. It was huge. And I got – so there's no spacing. United Delta, at least at the moment, as far as I know, Delta is the only one that still does the, the spacing in seats where you have one seat that's not occupied. Um, United didn't. I had a nice lady next to me, and we're both, you know, like, hunkered into our little corner here. And at some point, we were, you know, something happened, and I asked her, would she please get, because um, she was tall, and she was telling me she was in the military, and she she goes back and forth. She's been doing this from SFO to, you know, Houston, which is my connection area. So we did the Houston 
connection, and she got my, my thing down, and she basically made sure that I got to a little one of those electric uh, carts that they drive you to because, as always, it's across the entire airport. It's less than 40 minutes between connection flights, mm-hmm. and, of course, you have to run um, with <laughs> your mask on and whatever mm-hmm. else you've got going, and I was totally, right. like, hysterical when I thought about this, but we got the cart and the guy got me there. Well, on coming back, I decided I'd call the airport or, you know, I'd call and ask them if I could get one of those little carts. And they said, well, at the the, uh, airport, and they said, no, you have to ask for a wheelchair. And I said, all right, fine, I'll ask for a wheelchair. And I did. And I thought they would get the wheelchair, and then I would go ahead and I'd say, can I have a cart, please, instead of a wheelchair, like somebody that drives it. Well, she said, no, not no, you couldn't, but I'd be waiting a long time as we pulled from, because I noticed that there were like six different carts with no drivers. They were all stationed all over the place. And so it was really weird. So I got taken in a wheelchair from one place to the other, and another lady was being done, and she actually was, from Santa Rosa, too, and her daughter and grandson and grandson-in-law had all gone um, from here to visit family also in Arkansas. Oh, that's weird, too. Yeah, we had a little pod. I kind of got to know them a little bit on the the short thing from Arkansas to Houston, Um, and then we got further along because they were sitting directly behind me on the bigger flight, and then we got to know each other more as we're traveling in wheelchairs down down the concourse and you know so it was the 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 flights were good it was everything was smooth it was just the the jaggedness of transferring and they're never allowing you enough time to get from one place to another if you know for any reason it doesn't matter if you're incapacitated or not and i just thought that was really kind of tacky of united but um thing that I really, I have to say this, thing that I was so surprised about and kind of taken aback is I thought, well, okay, you'll let me off. You know, I can get off and I can go, wait for my boarding time because see, now they're boarding from the back to the front and they're mm-hmm. deplaning from front to back as they normally do, but they board. And so class, if you pay for like the only time that they will honor anything is like first class and, you know, premium and those particular things, but Anything beyond the high-class boarding first, you go from back to front. So, but they sent me, they got me on first. So me and this mm-hmm. nice lady yeah. and her family all went on, and I'm, like, walking down the aisle, and I had to put my thing in the carrier. I wasn't freaking out because already people had, you know, done it. And it was very intriguing. I was like, well, okay, I have an age factor that I have now reached, and certain parts of my body are in excellent shape and other parts are not in excellent, you know, not in as excellent shape. So I have to rethink travel, but it was, um, as a travel experience, it was, I already had traveled once in COVID. So I pretty well knew what I was expecting. Um, and people were, we did have one thing happen on the plane from Houston to San Francisco on Wednesday is that the stewardess, came on, air flight attendant, I'm sorry, um, and was very stern. You will wear masks 
you can take them down enough to eat but put them back up. And I mean, mm. it, was, it was that somewhere someone had taken their mask off and was leaving it off or whatever, and I yeah. didn't know where because, you know, it comes over the PA system. But I that's the first time I've had that kind of a thing happen since this whole thing has been going on. So Yeah. And the visit was good. I mean, basically, I spent most of the time with my daughter and granddaughter and her family, and Christmas was just a family pod, and New Year's was literally a smaller family pod, and, you know, we uh, our biggest experience was going out to the grocery store mm-hmm. and then going to what is like Dutch Brothers here. Pete is called Seven Brew there, and we get our coffee and we come back. And we watched television, and I played with my granddaughter, and she decided she wanted nice. to come back with me to spend the night. She was going to take an airplane flight Aww. with me and come spend That's the night. And, then she would, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, locating has been, relocating is still as um, tricky as ever. I'll yeah. Yeah. So, but. Nice. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I came back here, and it's kind of like part of me is, is, oh, this is familiar territory. Actually, I will be taking my Christmas stuff down probably starting tomorrow, and by Sunday it'll all be down. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a closure of the season. And, mm-hmm. Um, yep. Recalibrate. So we yep. have... Um, this is our, our Ask a Witch segment. I know I babbled That's on enough to relinquish. You know. <laughs> so I turn it to you yep. and Ask a Witch. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who are regular listeners, we do the Ask a Witch segment every bit, <laughs> every once yeah. in a while, every six to eight weeks. But on our Ask a Witch shows, we answer your questions. And so if you have written in your question previously. We have a list of questions today that we're going to get to. Uh, If you have not had a chance to send in your question, please do. Uh, And you can do that by going to witchpriestesscauldron.com. That's witchpriestesscauldron.com. And on that website, there's a little questionnaire that you can fill out with what your question might be. And you can ask us anything about witchcraft, paganism, our personal practices, any random shenanigans happening in your life that you'd like some help or advice or witchy perspective on, you name it, we're happy to talk about it. So, um, so yeah, we've got some questions today that we're excited to dig into. No kidding. No kidding. So let's just jump right in. You can start out. I think I'll leave you because, as I said, I took over a lot of airtime. I'm going to let you do the first question. Lucky you. Yeah. So funnily enough, Elvira and I dig into these questions ahead of time, and neither of us did this time. So these questions are new to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see how it goes. I'm just going to start at the top of the list, and we'll See what happens. So the first question comes from Isaac. Uh, And it's possible that we answered this question before. I'm not 100% certain. We get questions, very similar questions often. Mm -hmm. And it seems to come in waves too. Like we'll get two or three questions every show that are like basically the same topic. So uh, maybe that's why this one sounds familiar. But the question is, what is the best spirit or demon to assist people in physical activities like sports? 
Um, do you want me to start with that, or do you want to start with it? Well, I'm just going to, you know, go ahead and, and say the first thing that popped into my head, and obviously I have to take this with, um, well, first of all, Mars and, you mm-hmm. know, or uh, Aries in the Greek would be the first one, and equating that over to a more, um, I don't want to say Christian, because I believe the archangels are beyond that. They're kind of remind me of the Titans, <laughs> you know, they're they're beyond the, the, the yeah. scope of a certain level. Um, I would look at Archangel Michael, I mean, in terms of virility and uh, things like that. As far as demons, I will have to back off because, um, as I've said in previous uh, shows, the dark arts and uh, coercive magic is something that I I am, I do not work with. I work with, uh, I understand some of it. I do have the knowledge, like you always know what, uh, you know, you have as far as bad things or evil or whatever you want to call them. Uh, but I wouldn't be able to answer that. So yeah. I turn that over now to you. Yeah, I also don't know about uh, demons. Uh, I don't, that's not part of my personal work. I've actually, funnily enough, I've been reading a lot about that um recently, but I still don't have any good answers for that, so I don't want to give you information that's not true, so I'm, I'm going to skip mm-hmm. over that. Um, and so what's interesting is gym, gymnastics and um, the Olympics, right, and all of that is really from the Greek system. Like, we get all of those words from, from the Greeks. Mm-hmm. And so there are a few greek gods that come to mind you know hermes is one of them he was considered a god of the athletes Mm -hmm. Um, nike nike is a a victory and Mm -hmm. then um agon egon agon i'm not actually sure how to pronounce it this is a, a a daemon in the greek system so not exactly a demon but sort of like a minor spirit um is the god of contest and and specifically Nike and Aegon were called on uh, were called upon a lot by professional athletes in ancient Greece. So that's all I got for that. But um, and I know that there's some African deities too that would be good for this. But again, um, that that requires a little bit more study. Like I don't suggest just calling on African gods without having training in that system. Um, mm-hmm. No doubt there are others, but as a lazy Torian couch potato, I don't do a lot of athletics. <laughs> so I don't really have any other ideas for you, but there's a good starting point. Yeah, yeah, it's kind yeah. of interesting. So, yeah, that would that would definitely be. Uh, and, there, and this is the thing is that we both, Phoenix and I, have done a lot of studies of other cultures and other traditions, but the ones that we work with most exclusively or extensively, I should say, um, don't are of a different nature. So we might know of these, but like Phoenix mm-hmm. said, you really do need to, you know, get into the tradition and understand the tradition, not just the yeah. deity that you yeah. want to do. You know. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah, and I actually, another one just popped into my head, um, Lou, um, Irish system, he was uh, he was good at everything. 
So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like craftspeople call on Lou, but also Lunasa, which is that, that August 1st holiday in the, the pagan wheel of the year, is all about games. Uh, mm-hmm. games of skill and contests and things like that. So Lou would be potentially another good one. So that just popped into my head. There you go. Things yeah. pop around here. That's that's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Well, now onward and upward. Um, now I can't. I'm. I want to say Riley. Yeah. Is the name that's of the individual. That's, just, yeah. that's okay. She says, this person, I cannot tell if it's female or male, says, hi, I'm a beginner witch and was wondering if getting your own wand online would cause bad energies. If so, is there a way to cleanse it? Well, mm-hmm. um, you know, here's the thing. Most of us buy our tools, our, our, our items, uh, whether they, we buy them online or we buy them in a store or we go to a local craft there, which when there were local craft fairs that we could go to. Um, so I would say, for me, looking at it, is um, that it would, that yes, you would get it, but no, it would not cause bad energies. I would definitely cleanse it, and I would definitely mm-hmm. then, um, in you know, invigorate it and uh, anoint it and put it into, uh, you know, uh, use in that way first, starting with all of that. And yeah. I know that we did a show on wands that you can go back to to get particular information on, you know, that energy and, and the kinds of things. Um, I'm turning it over to you now. Yeah, I think you, you said it right there. I think the likelihood of buying a wand online that has that energy is probably slim, but... You know, just like we pick up gunk walking through life, something that's been handled by different people and has been through a mail service and, you know, is like it's just been through its own travels. And you would want to cleanse something just to cleanse the, that muck off of it, you know. So, yeah, yeah. cleansing and um, you could cleanse it with smoke. You could cleanse it with salt water, depending what it's made of. Uh, you know, make sure you check to make sure whatever you're using won't damage the material. You could lay it out in a full moon to to be cleansed by the full moonlight. I actually like to do a full 24-hour rotation of moonlight and sunlight. That's just me. Um, but definitely cleanse it. And then just like Elvira said, then what is it going to be used for? You need Now you need to consecrate it. You need to officially call the energy into it that you're going to be using it for. So, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's lots of good ways to find wands, and unless you're making it with your own hands, I would say you should do a cleansing and a charging process. Mhm, mhm. Yep. Most yeah. especially. Yeah. And and we all bought our tools and our our you know any kind of items that we use. Like for instance, yeah. um, I just got a new deck. Well, a new deck of a new one of the version I ha- I like, and um, I had to, you know, I wanted to do it at the solstice, so I did a whole thing of, you know, energies and shiftings and, you know, clean, you know, it's been with me for a long time in its box, so, but I still cleansed it and, you know, all mm-hmm. that stuff, so, but, um, yeah, it's nice. practical, practical, practical cleanse first and then, then consecrate and, and focus it. Sometimes we have different wands for different purposes. Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
taking yeah. for an actual experience of I have been cursed, so I need to do all of this. So, um, and you know your environment. That I think you were very right about. You know, start with yourself and then do your environment, and then the other part of that is always put protection up. You know, and and uh, be aware. So how you would know if you're cursed. Um, you know, as you said, it's there's collective things that happen, um, but you also can add your own fears to that and make it more personal. I think when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, anything else? I think that's pretty. You know. Yeah, that's nice. good. Yeah. So um, we are at a time where we might throw in our commercial. Oh, yeah, a break. We should do that real quick. And then we'll yeah. resume our questions. Yes, we will. Okay, we'll be right back. Okay. You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Ah, uh, we're back. We're back. Okay, so we'll do Sarah uh, tonight yeah. around 4 p.m. Oh, my phone decided to go dark on me. In the morning, or around 4 in the morning, me and my boyfriend were sitting around the fire, and all of a sudden, I had five or six cats run past me individually around a minute apart. Then his nose started to bleed really bad. Was this a warning, or did someone uh, did someone out a should they put out a spell or curse or hex on me or him or just him? Please let me know something. Okay, well. Interesting. Um, I, just, I love this question so much. I'm going to let you go with it first. I think that would be great because <laughs> if you love it, I'm sitting here kind of cogitating on it. We uh-huh. need to go with you. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm happy to. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I wrote a blog about this a while ago. I don't even remember how long ago now. It may have been a year or more just about omens and how mm-hmm. do you know if it's an omen or a sign. Um because we are witches and we let, we look at the world differently and we, you know, and especially for me who has a bit of a streak of the dramatic and, you know, would love to live in an alternate reality where, you know, we could fly and it's like Harry Potter lands. Like, yeah, I, I have a bit of a flair for the dramatic, but I also know that sometimes a cat running past me is just a cat running past me and it's not the sign of a curse or evil or, or even good, or your, it's not your spirit's guide. It's just a goddamn cat. 
So I feel like this is likely just a matter of some strange circumstances. And the other thing I love about this question is that it's four in the morning. So it's dark. There's a fire. You're already open at that time. And in that environment, you're already open to things being a little bit more dangerous, interesting, Mm -hmm. scary. Our imaginations are more heightened in the darkness. And that's great. That's beautiful. We should honor that and acknowledge it. But it also means we're more likely to fall for something that's just not something. So, you know, it's likely you had a congregation of cats being bratty and they ran through your, you know, late night hangout sesh. And then coincidentally, your boyfriend's nose started bleeding. Now, in saying that, if the next day or the next week or the next month, things continued to kind of be weird then I would start paying attention. But if you just this one kind of random thing, you kind of just have to write it off as a random thing. If it happens more than once, or if there's a series of things that may not even be related, but are all sort of random in nature, that's when you need to pay attention. One of my teachers used to say about feedback, if you get feedback about yourself once, then it might not really be about you. It might be a projection from the person offering you the feedback. If you get the feedback twice, then maybe you need to start looking at yourself. If you get the feedback three times, then it's something that is clearly a thing about you and you should do some soul searching. And the same thing, in my opinion, is true about omens or random acts of, of out of our control like this, right? If it happens once, it could just be a clinky dink. The more it happens, the more serious to take it. That's what I would say. And I love this question because I could see myself doing this. I could see myself freaking out. I could see myself being like looking up the significance of exactly how many cats ran past me. I could see myself going down the rabbit hole of imagination and magical drama to make something interesting out of something very mundane and coincidental. Um, So I would say, more information is needed, and sometimes things are just a weird clinky dink. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I will say one thing is that as soon as this happened, I thought, hmm, is your boyfriend allergic to cats? Those sure. needs and, and things, you know, it may not be, it may be like one animal, but maybe several, or they just stirred up a bunch of dust and a bunch of stuff that was mm-hmm. on their fur, and it just happened to, you know, create that as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding yeah. downplaying it, but I'm also offering, the uh, just like Phoenix, the other side. The most important thing here, as she said, is when it happens more than once. When something yeah. repeats itself. Um, it's funny that she even mentioned that because over the last week, Um, I had a series of clients that they all had different things. All of them had different issues. The cards came up, and they were all the same kind of advice. And I was going through something in my own world, and it spoke, you know, it was kind of like one time I said, oh, well, that makes a little sense to what's happening. But I, you know, just go on with what I'm doing for my client. But then when six clients come through and they all mm-hmm. have the similar pattern of answers, different cards, the similar pattern, yeah. I went, ah. Yeah. Because yeah, then it's it, something beyond what you just get as a one-time shot. 
Um, I know that, you know, people talk about different animals that are constantly showing up to a particular animal, whether it's one or five or whatever. And you do have to pay attention when it becomes sequential. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep. Yeah. So that one I All think right. is, yeah, I like how you, I'm so glad I gave you the reins on that one. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you ready for the next one? Sure. Okay. So the next one comes from Cameron. And they say, I want to know, is there a ritual slash spell or a way to gain slash transfer psychic abilities? Uh, yeah. Getting into the dramatic now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, Writing the script. Mm-hmm. I think all of us can, div- I, I, okay, so you, my opinion, this is my opinion. Uh-huh. I think all humans have psychic ability. Um, I think some are more easily naturally gifted at it than others, but I do think it is a muscle that any of us can work and strengthen uh, and utilize, um, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That, that's that, yes. Can you do a ritual or a spell? Yes. But it doesn't, it's, it is like working a muscle. It, you're, it's, right. You're unlikely to do one ritual or spell and then have complete, complete perfect psychic vision. It doesn't really work that way. It's, it's a muscle. It takes time. Uh, and that's not something that those of us in the Western world are very good at. We're not good at time. We want things now. We're used to this on-demand culture that we live in. Uh, and skills like this don't come on demand. They, they take time to develop. Mm-hmm. And, and there's like a an asterisk I want to make here, but I'm not going to because it's it, anyway. Anyway, uh, wh- one thing I would recommend there's a uh, an amazing, very popular book that came out in this last year called Psychic Witch by Matt Arn A U Y R N. Um, it's become an, uh, an like an immediate bestseller. It's already breaking records for. Um, like witchcraft books, it's kind of gone mainstream. Um, and it is all about how to develop your psychic ability, how to, to connect to your psychic ability um, as from a very pragmatic and practical way. So I would recommend starting there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like the word transfer psychic abilities. I don't like that word. I, you know, that makes me think someone else has the abilities and they don't want them. And so they want to get rid of them and give them to someone else. That's not how or you're trying works. to get something from someone else, like, oh, yeah. I want your, your psychic abilities. That particular, yes, I was going to jump on yeah, the bandwagon with that's that one. That's how it works. And I don't like that phraseology at all, because if someone is naturally gifted, which does happen, um, especially if someone's been through like a, um, a, like a, a close to death scenario where someone's almost died mm-hmm. or has physically died and been resurrected, often those people come back with a, a deeper connection and, and have psychic ability more easily. That's not mm-hmm. something to do for you. But don't go and create that circumstance. That's stupid. Don't, don't do yeah. that. Um, but trying, <laughs> if someone has psychic ability and doesn't want one, they, there's ways to dampen it. There's ways to squash it. You, you can't give it away. It's not transferable. It's not like, it's not like money. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like no, it it's isn't. Like muscle memory. It isn't. It's like giving your biceps to someone else. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am going to suggest that we skip the long one and go to the two short ones. And if we have time, go back to the long one. Is that sounds good? Kind of, yeah. 
because I was yeah. looking yeah, at yeah. time point. Okay, so Juan says, hi, I'm just looking for guidance to in how to start any mentoring program you know. Thank you. Um, well, that determines, in my opinion, um, mentoring. Uh, you need to find a tradition that you feel you want to be in, and in that tradition, when you start training, you will get a mentor because that's the purpose of um, the the idea of coming into a into a tradition, into a spiritual uh, practice. You know, you find it, but it would be what kind of tradition are we talking about? That's mm-hmm. where I want to kind of leave off for you to jump on to because that kind of left me going. I understand, but where? I mean, what kind of tradition are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, there are lots of mentorship programs. There are lots of individuals who do mentorship programs. There's lots of classes. So it kind of depends on what you want. And I know that that can be a daunting question. Um, you know, what, where, do you, where do you want to start? What kind of lineage do you want to follow? Are you looking for folk magic? Are you looking for traditional witchcraft? Are you looking, you know, what exactly are you looking for? Um, then you can start to find out who is teaching in those systems and who is um, offering classes in those systems, who is out there sharing their knowledge in those systems. And that takes a little bit of fact-finding. One of my teachers, Rosemary Dance, who's an elder in the reclaiming tradition of witchcraft, she's very against advertising, right? So in the reclaiming tradition, there are four core classes that, that the teachers in that tradition often teach. Um, and she doesn't like people using the internet to um, uh, advertise that they're teaching, right? And I do. I use the internet. Like, I'm not opposed to it. I think that's the way it is. That's our modern world. But she feels like if you want to be involved, then you will find out how to get involved. She's very old school in that way. And and although I don't 100% agree with it, I do see that if you really want this, if you really want to walk this path, then you're going to be willing to do some of the hard work to figure out how to get there. And some of that requires separating the wheat from the chaff, sorting, uh, go wading through, you know, picking out the grains of dirt from the grains of poppy seeds, like Baba Yaga. <laughs> that, that requires study and research and looking online and reading books and asking other practitioners and doing your due diligence to find the right place. And that's kind of a shitty answer. Like I fully admit I have a little bit of guilt in giving you that response, but that's the harsh reality of it. you got to, like Elvira said, what path do you want to walk? What tradition do you want to be a part of? What's calling you to this work? And that is going to help you start taking the steps that you need to take to find the right people to work with. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. I guess the way I would, I would sort of put a, um, a footnote on this is that, what is your hereditary tradition? You know, what is where does your heritage come from? Where are your ancestors from? Are they Celtic? Are from the British Isles? Are they Greek? Are they Hispanic? Are they South American? Are they African? You know, meaning Asian. You know, sometimes, if you're like a mix of several, which one calls? You know, you start. Mm-hmm. You have to again pick up some stuff, read it, and which one do you feel draws you? 
and then there will be, and, and I guess, you know, this is the other part of, you know, signs and omens, is that you ask your ancestors or you ask spirit to bring signs and omens and more than just one, as we pointed out, um, to to bring that together along with the research that you do. Because a lot of times, I mean, quite frankly, the only reason why I ever started even pursuing this was because my aunts, who were good Catholic, you know, Italian Catholics, read the mm-hmm. playing cards. And I didn't know that, of course, until after they'd passed and I heard the story and I went, oh, my God. And, of course, that immediately drew me into that dynamic and off into, you know, Italy and Greece and all that. And then I sort of went to my mother's side. So, um I think that's another way to approach it rather than, you know, just an intellectual way. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So last one that we have, unless we can get to our big one. Um, yeah. Want to go with it? Sure, yeah. Uh, Andrea, I believe is how you pronounce it. How to protect your soul from really strong evil souls. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, so we have a whole episode on protection. That's mm-hmm. what I would say. Like there's there are there's hundreds of things you could do. Um, it is protection magic. That's what you need to do. Um, literally, there are a hundred things that you could do for to wear, to wash yourself with, to put in your home, to sleep with, to put under your bed. There are so many things you could do. This is this is not hard. So it's just you know listen to our episode on protection magic. Look up protection magic. Um, there's so much like don't eat. It is not something to be evil is not something to be afraid of. You have so many resources at the tip of your fingers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, this is a conference, a, a conference right now between Phoenix and I, the last one <laughs> is a long one. Yeah. I think it actually has some parts to do with um, what we kind of, briefly touched on at the beginning of the uh, show of current events, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to do this as another show, or would you think we could do this in about 10 minutes? Yeah, I think we can do it. It's a long question because I think she's giving us information. I don't think mm-hmm. it's an overly complicated response. Okay. All yeah. Right. All right. So, um I'll read it, and you can do the response, and then I'll comment on the response if there is more to do. Uh, This one comes from Teresa. She says, hello, longtime fan who listens when she can. Thank you for your wise words. Well, thank you very much, Teresa. Teresa. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It always makes our day when somebody says that. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if you might offer up some thoughts or tips about ritual and or practices to shield against haters. I work in government, and part of my job is to respond to some very negative, often false, and fear-based inquiries and complaints. People really gravitate toward believing the man, in quotes, is out to get them without considering a lot of local, real people about the local real people do these jobs because they love their community. It's especially palpable right now. I believe, I firmly believe we owe everyone a response to their concerns or at least a genuine explanation, even if the answer is no. But it sure mm-hmm. does weigh on a person now and again to immediately be couched as someone who is out to get other people or a person who wants to wreak havoc on people's lives on purpose. Do you have 
thoughts about real-time shielding so that the negative doesn't weigh on a person, ideas about how to, in real time, remember to try to bring heated issues down to a human level so others might see that you mean no harm, that you are doing this because you care, that you are doing everything you can, that you are doing things based in thoughtful, educated, vented thinking so that you don't become bitter and angry and continue to keep in mind the good work. Um, for example, with me, I think this stuff does have a negative effect, even when I frequently yeah. remind myself why I become a public servant to begin with. I would imagine that people that work in many kinds of services areas also occasionally deal with this. Thank you so much uh, for what you do. Blessed be. Yeah, that's, um, you know, and based on what's happened this week, who boy, uh-huh. right? Like this is an intense topic. And yeah, I think that there's only so much control we have as individuals, right? You can, and I, okay, so side note here. I worked in a 24-hour customer service, I ran a customer service department for seven years when I was in the corporate world. So you don't call customer service unless you have a problem, right? You're not calling your cable company to just go, thanks, you guys, I love watching TV. No, you call when it's broken, when it's not working, when you can't fix it, when your bill is too much or late or whatever. You only call mm-hmm. when there's a problem. So, right. Right? So that is true. Like we as individuals need to remember when we're calling places, we're calling humans. <laughs> yes. And the person yes. that we're talking to, even if that's a civil servant or a government employee, unless they're an elected official, They're Mm -hmm. just a human employee who's doing their job. You know, we as individuals have to remember that. Now, thinking that anyone's going to, like, hear that plight and that plea and go, okay, I'll I'll just be calm next time. I get that. That's unrealistic. So there's only so much control we have as individuals on other people when they're heated, when they're believing conspiracies. Like, there's only so much we can do. We can really only take care of ourselves. And right. yes, absolutely. If you are getting berated day in and day out by people who are clearly n- don't have valid or correct information, it can be soul crushing. The show, I do not envy those folks who, oh, well, you know, and I get it. You go into that line of work because you care. So it can be really hard. So shielding, absolutely. And um, go into like a meditative trance process. I, I wish we had longer like I wish I had longer to talk to you specifically, Teresa, about this. So maybe even email us, and I'll, and I can send you a template of this trance. But you go into a, a meditative process, and you create a shield. You create a, basically an astral shield for yourself. Design it. Look at its detail. Make it colorful. Make it however you want to make it look, and then duplicate it. So you have one in the front and one in the back, and then energetically practice popping them out and pulling them in and popping them out and pulling them in until you can pop your shield out at the snap of a finger easy without having to think about it. It's kind of like the defense mechanism of an animal putting their, you know, popping their feathers out or putting their shell over themselves or whatever. Practice Mm -hmm. that. So when you do get into a situation where you're talking to someone who is pointed and heated and coming for you as an individual, you can pop your shields out. The other thing is, you know, talismans, protective amulets, blah, 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 to keep you safe from negativity. But also, you're going to need regular cleansing. Like, this is, 
you probably shouldn't wait for every full moon to do a cleansing. You should probably either be doing a cleansing as soon as you get home from work every day or at least once a week to keep the Mm -hmm. gunk off of you. Mm -hmm. Like that's my spitball rapid fire quick answer. What would you add to that? Um, Yeah, I think uh, definitely a talisman, if not a couple. Mm -hmm. I tend to go in threes. I'm I'm not Trinity orientated from Christian philosophy. I just feel the three is is a, is a balanced number, uh, it's a triangle. Um, so, a, you know, a necklace, a bracelet, and a ring, and alternate the, the ring on one hand and the bracelet on the other. So you've got one on each hand and then the center and try to put it, you know, like over your heart area I think would be a great way. And, and mm-hmm. when she talks about popping shields, a lot of times I take my fingers and I just go to my amulets and I just do that. I use that as like, you know, again, if we think of uh, the graphics that we see, the computer graphics is, the, you know, like you push the thing on Iron Man and then and everything happens mm-hmm. and there you go. You mm-hmm. kind of become that. Um, I think that's a really, it's because it's got to be instantaneous once you've set it up to be able to shield when you go into places or situations that are going to be um, more intense and definitely cleansing um, that's one of those things that I, I agree with, um, showers and scrubs and, um, salt and vinegar and, you know, stuff like that that you can, you know, do. The other thing is, I, this is the other part of it is take a piece of paper, a simple, don't even journal. It's just write out all the shit. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it was one person or just, I hate what, blah, 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 blah. And then, so you kind of feel like, huh, and then take that paper and burn it in a safe cauldron or safe container without your smoke detectors and then let those ashes cool. And then I would, you know, put them around plants if you have them in your yard or dispose of them on something that allows the the nitrite to go back into fertilizing new growth. So you've kind of transformed the energy from garbage to growth. You know, that kind of thing. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like Um, that a lot. Because it, it because it sticks in your mind, darling. And yes, those words and things yeah. don't go away. But you got to take the energy off of it, and that's part of the the process as well as the emotional things that get thrown at you because of that. Yeah, and there are ways. Like I learned this working in a call center. Um, you know, by the because I was in management, by the time someone got to me, they'd already talked to two or three other people. So by the time people got to me, they were heated. Uh, And so there was a way I learned that I could either feed that heat, like I could make someone more pissed so they would just hang up the phone, or I could just use it with with my own energy. So it is a skill, like learning how to to get bigger or get smaller and soften and harden your own energy field in relationship to their energy. And it's weird and hard when it's over the phone or even over email. Like, it's not quite the same, mm-hmm. uh, especially over email. But over yeah. phone, you can still kind of work that energetic a little bit and, and you know, diffuse it, sink it, right. ground right. the energy while you're having the conversation. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, and, and it is also something that takes practice. So don't feel frustrated if you try it a few times and you don't get immediate results, keep working at it and it will start to work for you. And it's a really great question, Teresa. Thank you so much for, 
for listening and for sharing like your experience and what you're doing um, and for working in the civil servant world, because that is hard work. So thank you. Thank you very much. Definitely. And on that, I think we have gotten to the end of our scheduled time with ease and grace, as they say. So um, definitely. So I guess, we can say next week will be a surprise for everybody as to our topic, (laughs) but we will be back on track for the most part, depending on circumstances and things that happen um, as live recording, you know, live shows. But um, I think, I think that's where I would leave it on my side. Do you have anything to say? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, we are toying with the idea of doing book reviews this year um, so if there is a book that you are curious about or would like to hear us review, go to our website, witchpriestesscauldron.com, and just leave that in the comments and let us know what your thoughts are and what books you're curious about, and we'll see what we can do. That's it. And I think that's it. Happy New Year. All right. Looking forward Happy to New Year. Um, all the blessings 2021 is going to bring us. That's true, and keeping our energies focused and uh, moving forward little by little. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.